Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. <laughs> Wine. I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the official Wasted podcast, where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plofsky, and all I ask of you is to take your magical lasso and head on down to the point of no return, you phantom of the opera, you... Are you a wandering child? Bravo, Monsieur Don Juan's triumph rehearsal is no match for Hannibal rehearsal. But if you think of me, my angel of music, we'll go down once more into the music of the light. Uh, night. Why did I say light? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us today are the usual masqueraders who were wishing you were somehow here again, including Kevin, why so silent, Jager. Never. That's never me. (laughs) Kimberly, our stranger than you dreamt it game master and unofficial babysitter for the hour. And with us today are two wonderful guests. One is returning and one is new. The returning guest you may know from such things as the current Christine and Phantom of the Opera, the tour of Love Never Dies and Candide. Uh, Our new guest you've seen on Broadway in The Visit, Hans and Frozen, but he's the current Raul in Phantom. Let's give a big broad-waisted welcome to friends of the show. Friends of the show, oh. Megan Pacerno and John Riddle. You all ready for this? Welcome. Hi, you guys. Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. We know how packed your schedules are right now. Phantom was the last show we saw before Broadway was canceled. Is that right? Yeah, we saw you two. Yeah. Not at the last one. No, yeah. no, no, no. It was earlier that week, week I think. The week before. Week before. Week before. Oh my gosh. Yeah, who knew? Yeah. Right? Who knew? Um, well, before we start talking about all that, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? John, we'll start with you. What are you drinking? Who, me? Could yeah. be. Then who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm having a White Claw. What flavor? I feel I was always so anti, uh, like truly white claw, all the different ones, and then um, now here we are in the quarantine. And I'm <laughs> so, just to be clear, White Claw is not sponsoring this episode. However, it is the perfect quarantine drink. It really, yeah. tr- really, truly, it, is. You, truly it is. is. <laughs> she drinks truly. Oh. I'm drinking White Claw. <laughs> I have a black cherry White Claw. What do you, John? Which which flavor do you have? Um, it's a match. <gasps> oh my god! Wow. I, mean, I like. I get fancy and I pour it in a glass with ice. I've do, I've done that too. You so, can also top it off with a shot of tequila. Oh, I'm sure. I have no idea what you mean. <laughs> Me being the novice here, White Claw is just like alcoholics, like seltzer, right? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. We're not really sure what it is exactly, but that's right. what they brand it. Is it like malt? Is it like a smeared off ice that is in a fancy can and had good marketing? I mean, that's it's sort of, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm drinking Rioja. I, and I'm drinking uh, my favorite cheap Prosecco because nice. it was on sale at the liquor store. So I bought a case. Well, cheers, everybody. <laughs> cheers. cheers. Wait, you bought a case? Yes, I bought a case. <laughs> well, and it, it, you'll be lucky if it lasts the week. 
That's what I'm saying. We're no, in quarantine, girl. We'll be lucky if it lasts this episode. Exactly. Yeah, we're this up. Yeah. Um, well, thanks so much for joining us. Um, uh, we'll just start out with kind of, you know, what was your experience um, uh, recently getting the call that like you're on hiatus for a bit? We were, well, we were actually at a matinee of, we have matinees on Thursday. Megan, you're not, Megan's not usually with us on Thursday afternoons. So we were in the middle of the show and um, it was somewhere like almost right before Think of Me, I think. And they were like, um, Broadway's canceled. Doesn't know that's very early on in the show. That's very <laughs> early on in the show. So we were like, are we going to do the rest of the show? What are we going to do? Just stop. Oh, yeah. Do we stop? Like, is it the rest of the COVID? show? She finishes Think of Me and the Phantom comes out and goes, I will. And then they do the curtain <laughs> Yeah. 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 Uh, blackout. Thanks for coming, everyone. Ooh. Um, well, I found out because I was scrolling through Instagram and all of a sudden I saw like Playbill was like, Broadway show is canceled. So I called, I called Phantom and I was like, uh, you called the Phantom. He was performing. No, he's always on the, he's always on the horn. Exactly. He's, he's my, he's one of my favorites on the phone. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I was like, um, should I get my plant babies? <laughs> and they were like, come here. And I was like, okay, yeah. So I came and I actually watched the show from backstage until, so. Sure. I love that you didn't call and say like, what's going on with my job? You called, should I get my plant babies? I remember what I said. I was like, hey guys, so I saw, um, should I come and get my plants? <laughs> and the answer was honestly, yes. Yeah, the answer was yes, you should come. <laughs> yeah, Wait, but you finished that performance, yes? We did finish that show, yeah. And it was a little, it was, it was hard because there were people who, um, it was going to be their last show. So all of a sudden it was like oh. their last performance in the middle of the performance. So it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool. Like the performance was alive sure. in a lot, in a lot of interesting. Weird they got to like, no, a lot of people had their last performance the night before. And yeah. then the next yeah. day, like, yeah. oh, that was the end. Yeah. So kind of nice that they got a little, I guess you can like really live in masquerade, I guess. I was gonna say, yeah. like, the, the past the point of no return reprise was probably like really lit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Megan, you had done this before, um, not only uh, not only around the world, but you had actually done Love Never Dies first. Yeah. So you did a little, you know, merrily we roll along with this. Like a um, yeah, Benjamin buttoned it. Benjamin so, button. Talk a little, if, if you don't mind, talk a little bit about the reverse engineering of that as most people will, I mean, 99.9% of people will, if they do play Christine and Love Never Dies, will play Phantom Christine first. Talk about kind of knowing the quote end of her story and kind of almost like doing it as a prequel. Yeah, well, I am apparently the only one that's done that as a principal. So, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's that's cool, cool trivia. Yeah, cool yeah. trivia. I'm the only one that's gone backwards as a principal. <laughs> um, I can't wait till that happens on Jeopardy, and I can be like, Megan Machado, <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll be like, Who is there? It is. <laughs> the day that I am a Jeopardy question, I know I've made it. Um, yeah, I uh, well, I remember like when I got to uh, the world tour, Hal emailed me and he was like, all right, kiddo, now you got to remember, you can't be as strong at the beginning of Phantom particularly. And like, of course, mm. you know, you can't deny love never dies, but you kind of have to ingest it and forget it because like, she doesn't know where she's going to end up. But that being said, because you know where she ends up, sure. it, it does inform a little bit. And actually what's quite refreshing is 
the way that uh, the creative team in New York on Broadway really discusses things is it's a much stronger Christine than I expected. And I was happily surprised by it. Like, I think I was a little, uh, I was a little like, Oh, are they going to have me play her like a young girl or mm -hmm. possessed or something? But no, very strong. And it makes sense then how she would end up as the, her love never dies self as that strong. So cool. It's kind of, yeah, it's take the grocery list and forget it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So your, your expectations were almost, uh, you, you had different expectations and you were pleased by kind of what you were, you were asked to bring to it. Yeah, totally. I mean, like they really are, I mean, again, within the constraints of a period piece, I mean, mm -hmm. 2020, but, um, <clears throat> gosh, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, much stronger, much more, uh, willful and, uh, intelligent, so it's it's wonderful. Cool, um, John. So your most recent Broadway shows, as we we've, we've already mentioned, uh, are both well-known properties. So you had Frozen and you had Phantom. In Frozen, you originated a well-known character, um, and then in in this one, you're kind of taking over for a well-known character. Can you talk about the differences in processes? Uh, what you felt the expectations were for both Hans and Raoul? Any similarities and differences that really helped? creating Hans and bringing it to Raul or, or vice versa? Yeah, it's, it's, it was interesting going into Phantom because it's literally like paint by numbers kind mm -hmm. of, and like everything is set and then you come in and, and you're the new, you know, you kind of stand where you need to stand. But then mm -hmm. the cool thing is, is that at Phantom, they let you, I would say like, they give you the, they give you that the coloring book, and then you get to use your box of crayons and go in and. Sure. Color, you know. Um, and so that's kind of a cool experience because the work is sort of already done for you in a way. Mm -hmm. That part of the work, and you don't really have a choice. It's not like you're gonna you're gonna be like, you know what? I was thinking here that he, you know, like crosses left. Like there isn't any of that. <laughs> um, so that I kind of enjoy because the fun part is like is all the little colors that you get to put into it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of that. And it was a very short process too. It was like two weeks from sure. the time you walk into a rehearsal room to the time you do the first show. And how long were you with Frozen? I was from beginning with, to end? From beginning to end, it was a little over two years. Sure, wow. And so with that show, like you were literally, nobody had ever, nobody's ever done it before except for on a TV screen. Right. A, you know, so you're creating all those steps and you're creating that skeleton of this is where you go cross left. This is where you cross right. And so that's kind of cool. It's a, just a different way of working. Um, and both are, both are sort of interesting and, and, but I think that it helps to, um, I don't know, it helps to have both in your back pocket so that, cause they're kind of two separate skills. Yeah, it's very, I mean, I've seen you in both, so the, the, you, you're wonderful in both. So that's very interesting to kind of hear the process to kind of get where you are to presenting that character in different ways to an audience who have a pre-existing notion of what that character is and kind of how you influence it as an individual. Yeah, I would sort of think like that's why they, you know, that's the, you kind of have to leave all that part behind, I feel like. Because mm -hmm. if you're worried about recreating something, then... I don't know. That's not very interesting. And John, you got to like from Frozen, you were playing a villain. And then in uh, Phantom. Yeah, Kevin. 
and then Phantom, you're kind of playing like this like dashing romantic lead. So like did you have would you say that it was like more of a devious fun to play a villain or do you enjoy kind of being like the knight in shining armor character? I like both, honestly, because and I always somehow play the asshole and I play the nice guy too. It's either one or the other. Um <laughs> But I like both because um, it is. But it is interesting playing the villain because at night you would you get a different reaction from the audience when you're the bad guy. Like yeah. they they don't know exactly how to handle you, or at least that was my experience <laughs> in Frozen. Sure. And um, I don't know. You're the nice guy. You're the nice guy. You just sort of come out and like they clap for you, and it's whatever. And, you know. <laughs> Uh, Megan, uh, this is your Broadway debut. Yes. Um, let's talk about kind of. I'd love to hear. Cause, and your 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 background, for for lack of a better term, is is mostly in opera. Um, before you kind of started this incredible. I mean, which was natural because you're incredibly talented, and kind of that transition into it. Um, I guess talk a little bit about like was was having a background in opera and studying it for so many years and kind of perfecting that art and continuing to perfect that art. Um, was Broadway always a dream of yours? Um, and, and kind of talk about your first experience, like that first performance. Ah, okay. Um, so to be honest, uh, Broadway wasn't on my scope. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't not on my scope, but sure. when you're in the Broadway world or when you're in the opera world, you know, you're, you're, uh, vision and your blinders are on looking at different things. But I mean, I'm open-minded obviously, but like, it just wasn't yeah. on my, it wasn't on my like, yes, that is my, my goal, you know, to, at- uh, to attain. And, but I mean, I'll never forget, like once I'd entered into Chris, um, candy, oh my gosh, guys, I've had a half a glass of wine. It's getting hot in here. Um, <laughs> This is quarantine life now. It's always weird. Um, so the thing is, like, once I hit Candide, then all of a sudden my world just kind of flipped upside down. I mean, that being said, though, I always kind of had a little interest in music theater. I mean, I I, I did a program with Paul Gimignani and mm-hmm. everything. So, like, it was there. It just wasn't my in the forefront. So then all of a sudden when Candide happened, which is when Jay and I did your show, actually. Um, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, um, as you, you were there from the beginning. I mean, all of a sudden, my my world just kind of went tipsy-turvy and went on the craziest ride that, I mean, I, I think I was always meant to do this path. Sure. So, Can you uh, talk about your first, your, your Broadway debut, your first performance? Uh, guys, I mean, so here's the thing. So indeed, though, I had been doing my younger Christine self on the world tour for eight right. months by that point. And actually, unlike John, we had a very long rehearsal process because we built it from the ground up, which is mm. amazing. Um, so for two months, we were in rehearsal building the show. But ma, as we say in Italian, um, the dip, way that there was a big difference when I got then. So I, I came back from Tel Aviv and right. I had about two and a half weeks and then I went into rehearsal for Broadway. And I thought, <laughs> wrongly, I was like, oh, well, this will just be the same thing because the New York creative team said us. No, it's not. Um, it is slightly different, but not just that. Everything about the stage is totally different. Mm-hmm. As in like, not, not the actual set pieces, but like just the scale of it. It's a metal stage. 
there's trap doors, there's pyro. I'm running up and down things that I didn't have to before, climbing ladders that I didn't have to do before. So like that element of it. Also, even like the smoke itself is different. I mean, on the tour, sure. it's like new technology, which, you know, I don't think looks as opaque, but you know, it's, it's something different. But here it is dry ice. I mean, it's just everything in that regard was different. So also, because I am from the opera world and I'm used to building shows from the ground up, like Love Never Dies, Candide, everything, I've yeah. never gone in to replace someone in a long running show. So oh, sure, I, sure. Yeah. So I had the <laughs> wrong preconceived notion that what a put in is. And so coming up to my Broadway debut, I was like, great. The put-in is like a full-on dress rehearsal. <laughs> great, wonderful. And like also they were really lovely. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a romantic. And so I love the number eight. And they gave me the choice of making my debut on October 15th or October 16th. And I wanted the 16th for two reasons. One, it's double eight. And mm -hmm. two, it's the same day that my world tour family was opening in Dubai and it was kind of like oh days. yeah yeah but it was like a beautiful kind of everyone's making their debut in a different way kind of thing sure that's wonderful so anyway so leading up to my debut um you know like rehearsals were getting like more intense and then um the day of my debut uh I had like a three-hour orchestra rehearsal and that's a big difference too on Broadway it's I was late too because I got caught in the rain Oh no! Oh, <laughs> <worst> nightmare. <laughs> the whole entire orchestra's in the pit, and I like run in my galoshes. Like, oh god, it was terrible. <laughs> so I mean, oh, and that that was wait, wait, really quick too. So I was also used to I was used to building the show with the people I was going to be on stage with always. Mm. In Phantom, a long running show, the first people that you rehearse with are the swings and the covers. So by the time I got to John and Ben, I had been through like four Phantoms, three. You get so many boys. <laughs> dream, you know. Um, yeah. Welcome so to Broadway. Really <laughs> um, and then so yeah, so the day of my debut, I had like a three hour orchestra rehearsal. And, and then my put in was the day before and I wrongly assumed, like I said, that it would be like a full on dress rehearsal. Like everyone's in there, you know, the orchestra would be there and everyone's dressed up and like sound, no, no, lies, lies. I was the only one in costume and it was piano rehearsal. There was no smoke. I mean, so basically it was kind of like a sort of kind of tech run ish. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh my God. And so my Broadway debut was truly the first time I was doing the show in full, this version of it. And another interesting thing about that is um, while the show is very similar to the one on the world tour, it is slightly different. Like if I would turn right on the world tour, I would turn left in New York. Mm. So like, I would constantly be like, where am I going? Oh my God. Like, you know, and, and anyway, so I did the three hour rehearsal and I also had planned this, um, my Broadway debut party afterward. Cause I was like, well, no one else is having an opening night, but I am. So <laughs> I had a big party at Dutch Fred's afterward. I had one of my friends, um, he's, uh, one of the fashion consultants for E, you know, like E news entertainment. Yeah. And like got me this beautiful gold Jay Mendel gown. And I was like, I don't care. I'm going to wear this gown. Beautiful. Anyway, so fast forward to me, like, you know, going guns, balls to the walls to my Broadway debut. I do not remember anything from being on stage. I just remember sure. puffing. He was great. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> 
wasn't. Like, I literally was like, what is happening? I was like, I go here and then I go here. And then I'm like, there's one part, like, I remember when, um, you know, like when we run down the stairs before all I ask of you and run back up, I never had to do that in the world tour. And like, you're so out of breath. So like, I was so proud of myself for actually making the timing. But by the time I got up the stairs, I was like, well, I've been there. Everything. You went for a little jog. It was insanity. And then I remember finishing it and just being like, what the hell happened? That was crazy. Yeah. And I remember so many people, including John and like David Caddick, they're like, take a moment for yourself and realizing, realize you're making your Broadway debut. And I actually didn't until <laughs> when I came out for Bows and I had over a hundred people there in the audience. I'm so jealous that John got to see you do that, like your ballot. Like, <laughs> Because that jump was everything. Uh, it was amazing. It was pretty amazing. For those of you who don't know, I came up for my 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 bow, and like John extends his hand, I start crying, and then mid hopping up and down, I was like, "Am I really jumping up and down right now on a Broadway stage for my debut?" <laughs> yes, I am. Apparently, yes. so that was, and that's when I was like, "Oh man, like I'm I'm at the Majestic making my debut. This is amazing." And then, of course, I was absolutely exhausted, did not want to get into my gown, and got into a sweater dress instead. (laughs) 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 Anyway, so it's long-winded. There you go. No, it was great. Let's play a game. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, I have a game called The Phantom of the Internet mm. because we're all on our computers. Usually I play some games where I write things down and then I cut them up like playing cards and I put them in the middle of the table and we all like pick a few things and make something. That can't happen at the moment. So I figured out a way to get around it. So okay. you could all have your phones handy. Yes. And then I have my husband's Dungeons and Dragons dice. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you happen one does. You know that they make dice that are eight sides? Yes, and more than eight. Many, many. But yes. he has all different colors. So when it's your turn, you can pick a color of dice you would like. Okay. Okay. We have teal and copper. We have hot pink. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't need any more answers. Like <laughs> We have this weird little green guy. It's gonna be a um, work. This fire. <laughs> and this is Professor Bubblegum. It's like a pink little sherbet. Great. Ooh. He's named his dice collection. It's cool. Yeah, this is nothing. This is not new. Oh, no, this is normal. Yeah, yeah. Normal. This is quarantine. Or, or next to it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Ah! Um, so anyway, I have in front of me for the Phantom of the Internet game. I have eight options. Okay. Of the current most popular streaming television shows. Okay. During quarantine. You better be on there. So when it is your turn, I'll roll a dice of your choice for you to pick out what television show you get. And then if you can find the most recently song on your phone, you'll use the writer of that song 
to compose a musical version of this TV show. You'll make a musical out of the TV show I, that you pick? Uh-huh. You whoever wrote what you've listened to most recently. It has to be the most recent song I've listened to? Ish. Okay. I'm not going to come to your phone and listen. <laughs> <laughs> like, show me your she phone. Might. She might. You get bonus points if you can work one of your most recent texts into the lyrics of a song. Okay. For this musical. That okay. could be in trouble. All right, Kevin, would you like to go first? I'll go first. Yep. What color dice? Pink. Hot pink. Cool. What's the name of you? What, what, what's your name for that dice? Kevin, what do you name uh, the pink dice? Uh, Pinkalicious. Pinkalicious. All right. You have number eight. Mm. Oh. All right. Which is? The Mandalorian. Great. Star Wars. Perfect. So uh, the most recent song I listened to was uh, from Sarah Bareilles' Amidst the Chaos album. So I have Sarah Bareilles writing a musical, which is, she's, she's got it. She's done it before. She's fine. Um, so Sarah Bareilles writing a Star Wars musical about a guy who wants to babysit Baby Yoda. All right. Um, so the whole entire musical is just the Mandalorian trying to put Baby Yoda to sleep, but Baby Yoda won't go to sleep. So, because Sarah Bareilles is so good at those like really beautiful haunting lullaby melodies. So this would be like a full musical of her writing a, or of the Mandalorian trying to put baby Yoda to sleep. And some of the lyrics in one of the lullabies would be, don't worry, I already ordered a Domino's pizza because I texted <laughs> to my sister 45 minutes ago. <laughs> so it's like trying to get the, like, yeah, so it's trying to get Yoda to dream of like Domino's pizzas. Because they have those in Mandaloria, where he's from. That's like that meme with where it's like Baby Yoda being like, "I need chicky nuggies." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the whole musical, and it's called it's called um, it's called Bedtime for Baby Yoda by Sarah Bareilles. Great, it's beautiful, perfect. Uh, would anyone like to volunteer to go next? I better go soon because I'm already like three sheets to the wind. What color dice, Megan? Oh, um, 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 Bubblicious. Okay. Bubblicious. Number seven, Love is Blind. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Megan, you've watched all of it, haven't you? I sat down at midnight and watched that show. No, 11 o'clock and watched till 530 in the morning. And (laughs) after I did it, I sat there and I was like, I have made a life choice that I can never go back. But your Insta stories about it were so good. (laughs) I watched the first 30 minutes and I was like, I'm good there. Oh, <laughs> I was just like, nothing can surpass this. And then of course Tiger King happened and I was like, just kidding. Okay. So the last song that I listened to, which is not like me, by the way, I put it on to work out is called touching lovin' featuring, <laughs> featuring Nicki Minaj. Yes. Nicki Minaj. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, <laughs> With uh, Nicki Minaj is uh, composing the music to it, uh, Touch and Lovin'. <laughs> is the and title song. It's <laughs> the title song. And, um, and the first thing is How You Feeling, Baby. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't as exciting as Kevin's, but I do feel like it all kind of like came together. Oh, my God. Nicki Minaj is like the only person who should write a Broadway version of Love is Blind. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually an incredible combo. 
I know. Touch and love and Jennifer. It's also also really ironic that the song is called Touching Lovin', but like love is blind as far as I know, they can't touch each other. Mm. Until they're engaged. Or see each other. It's very theatrical, really. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine like the the beautiful pods that would like fly in and fly out with the actors in them on Broadway? No, they'd just be in the boxes. They wouldn't even look at the stage until they got together. Right. Oh, yeah, the set could really be something. And then they go to that beautiful like place in mexico or something or you do it as stunt casting so every week there's different actors playing the like two leads and, they, and the actors don't know who else got cast so they're performing all week with somebody they don't know yeah, uh, this is great cast in musicals and not write them you guys are much better at it but yeah <laughs> how you feeling baby <laughs> who's next i'll go okay what color dice Oh yeah, we need to do copper. Yeah, this one's my. <laughs> okay. Can I have to name it? If you want what, to. What's your dice named? Uh, well, it's copper. So how about Lincoln? Lincoln. Ooh, good okay. one. And you got the number four. Okay. Which is the TV show You. You know what? I haven't watched it. What? No. It's about creepy stalker boy. Right. With uh, that guy, um, Penn Badgley, is that right? Yeah, he locks people in a glass box. What's in the box? I think I auditioned for that show, but I clearly was not on it. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, so the show's called You, but the character is not You. You. Yeah. So what's the most recent song you've listened to? It was Everybody Dance by She. (laughs) Nice. Um, Because we had a little disco moment while I was painting my bathroom this morning. Um, so is it the Chic musical? Yes. Yeah. Of you? Yes. <laughs> Which is sort of interesting. Um, and the, the, my last text is, ooh, make your floor tiles look good and free is great. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he cleans, like, the murders off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, Brian, it's your turn. Oh, right. Um, I'm gonna go with the what was it? Uh, it was like a, a a green and purple dice. What? The Beetlejuice dice. Ooh. Oh, yes. R.I.P. Beetlejuice. Yeah. Right. Uh, you have the number three. Okay. Which is Tiger King. Oh, <gasps> yes. Oh, oh. Oh, and amazingly, the last song I listened to was Candy Cane Lane from Sia's Every Day is Christmas album. Yes, Sia's writing oh. a Broadway musical. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so move over, Andrew Lippa. Sia's writing the Tiger King musical. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, so this is what I think. I think that in the Tiger King musical, all the interludes where they're moving sets is actually Joe Exotic's um, country songs. <gasps> so that so when you're moving sets, like that's the 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 in between. But the actual like these no, are the songs. What those aren't him? Oh yeah, this is controversy. He hired somebody on like on like Craigslist to sing his stuff. <laughs> but uh, so C is going to write this Tiger King musical, um, and I mean I, I it's not this. I mean this is all new. This is not a jukebox. This is all new music, <laughs> uh, and it's actually completely sung through. Oh, as as Brian and I have said, Sia is absolutely brilliant. Yes, she's my favorite. I love Sia. She should write a Broadway musical because she's brilliant. 
And they're going to be out there in act two. There is an incredible sequence. That's like the dream ballet, but it's all this like modern interpretation. Like everyone's dressed as tigers. So it's a tiger ballet. Wait, does um, the husband get fed to the tigers in that ballet? No, 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 no. This is, um, this is, it is Carol or is it? Yeah. So, where do you stand? So they all have flowers. I'm not Sia, so I'm not gonna like put upon where she is pro or con Carol, but it is absolutely going to be on the fence, Carol. It like leaves you wondering. Absolutely. Um, like, it could be like an Edwin Drood thing where the audience vi- uh, votes. Votes. On. I do think okay, I'm taking that. Throughout the throughout oh, the show, throughout the show, during big decision points, one is did Carol Baskin do it? Another is did Joe set the fire? All of these things are voting points, and the show changes just slightly based on what they vote for. Oh, um, and, and Sia has different songs for all those answers. So the last text that happened um, was, uh, "Wait, she lives with a husky." And Stop that up. and that fits in nicely. Um, <laughs> Sia, your work here is done. But yeah, that's my Sia Tiger King musical. Kimberly, um, are you going to roll as well? Oh, I can. Yeah, do it. I think you must. Okay, I'm I will roll two. Two. All right, two. What is two? Community. That just came on Netflix. Either. Yes, it was already on Hulu. And- What's Community? It's with Joel McHale when they're at a community college. It's so good, Kevin. Kevin, I actually think you would love it. No, you should start it. I can't find out, figure out what the most recent thing I listen to on my phone because I've just been listening to podcasts. Sure. And so unless we want um, Dax Shepard to write a musical. Yeah, we do. Go for it. Great. So Dax Shepard. (laughs) (laughs) The Dax Shepard musical. Is writing community because he will also (laughs) produce, direct, and star. Oh, Absolutely. Okay. And so well, he's, he's multi hyphenate. I get it. Outsource. Um, Kristen Bell is going to play Britta. Mm-hmm. So it's a family affair. Yeah. Britta Filter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Britta yes. dream ballad. Yes. Britta Filter. Moody is just going to reprise his role because he has been in a musical before. Sure. Joy out in the morning. Um, yeah, and it's just a bunch of really silly, weird songs that Great. seem like they've made them up that night. What about your most recent text to be in the lyrics? Oh, that I've texted someone. These are my rules. <laughs> <laughs> Who made these rules? My <laughs> <laughs> text is just, aw. It's going to be um, Shirley's 11 o'clock number. Great. It's just called, aw. Aww. Aww. Wait, was, everyone go back going, oh that was I just want to picture like the like the like the way that you'd have to like do that vowel for that to work on like a belt number <laughs> <laughs> it would be an aw, it would just be an aw vowel and then you'd be like <laughs> you'd have to speak it a few times so that everyone was aware that you were just saying something a little bit different right, totally <laughs> right, right yeah <laughs> Um, that was Phantom of the Internet. Yes, loved it. That was so good. Very nice. That was great. Was fun. Yeah. So, question for you too. Um, what I mean, you both are in Phantom uh, or will be again. Um, what um, wh- What do you two feel like your chemistry brings to this version of Raúl and Christine? I feel like the people that they they brought in, like you know, I feel like we're kind of an edgier, like hip 
It's kind of sexy. Like Megan. Yeah, it's sexy. Megan is a sexy person. Like she's a she's like a sexual being, and which I think is awesome for this show because this show is turns out you guys about sex. So I think that's great to have that at the center because if you don't, then like what is it about? I don't know. So sure. there's something like really sexy about um Megan is the anchor of that. And that's just enjoyable to to play into. And I think it makes like, I don't know, it makes it like a little steamy throughout no, the No, I, I totally agree. And like I feel like sometimes the audience will will never pick Raul because they're like, well, of course you're gonna pick Phantom no matter what. But like John and Ben, I mean, it's it's literally like, oh my God, these are two really sexy guys, speaking of sexy, on stage. And like they're handsome and they're men. Like And they're the, so tall. Oh my god, I know. Problem in the land of wizard. Like, <laughs> like I'm so small compared to but like, but yeah, they're so both of both of you guys are so manly. And like I agree, like I feel like I feel that with you too. Like there's there's a, a an instant chemistry and connection and sexuality that makes it exciting and and like you know it's no one's afraid to get physical or and like even actually something when Andrew was in town just you know before we did the shutdown he was like you have to remember too like not only did he say this is about sex but it's a rock concert and I feel like John you have that charisma and that uh I don't know there's there's just like an energy like people are just like whoo yes like I read an article I don't remember where I read it but it was about the Phantom of the Opera and it was talking about how the Phantom and Raoul do the exact same like courtship of Christine but like how it's a commentary on like the aristocracy versus like the lower class trying to win someone's love and I thought it like really interesting that like the Phantom is just doing what he can create by making music for her whereas Raoul is trying to like throw money around and buy her love and like, it's a really interesting kind of take on how those characters are, but they're both just, like, carnal interested in this girl because she's, like, the hottie who can sing. Right. If you're into that opera sort of thing, which I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, we, we're talking about sex appeal, and I, I know where there's a place where there's tons of sex appeal. I do, too. <laughs> Tuesdays in the corner with Kevin. <laughs> Honestly, oh that God, does God. not work as well over Zoom, I'll tell I you that. <laughs> so, welcome to Kevin's Corner, where I have three highly researched questions based on Wikipedia to ask both of you. So excited. Oh. So, we're going to go through and see how smart I am, and then we'll see if you can answer these questions. Yeah. Okay, so Megan. Okay. Your last name is Pacerno. Yes. Like the town in the province of Potenza in the southern Italian region of Basilitica. Uh, close. I am Basilicad, but Paterno is a small town in Sicily. That's what I said. So, John, <laughs> your last name is Riddle. Just like a riddle that was asked in the story of Oedipus by the Sphinx guarding Thebes. If you answered correctly, you were able to enter the city, but if you got it wrong, you would be eaten by the Sphinx. The <laughs> riddle was... Which creature has one voice and yet becomes four-footed and then two-footed and then three-footed? Oedipus correctly solved the riddle by answering, does anybody know? Yeah. A human, a person. A human. A man. 
because he crawls on all fours as a baby, then walks on two feet as an adult, and then uses a walking stick in old age. For everyone listening, Megan Paterno is pointing to herself in the back. Yeah, she totally did. So I'm like, is the answer Megan Paterno? <laughs> In very rare, in very rare accounts of the myth, there's also a second riddle. Oh, there are two sisters, one who gives Tia birth and Tamara. <laughs> exactly, one who gives birth to the other, and she in turn gives birth to the first. Who are the sisters? Tia and Tamara. Yes, um, the answer is Tia and Tamara. <laughs> so the answer is night and day. Oh. Paradoxically, I'm terrible at riddles, so. So my question <laughs> is, what is both of your favorite late night snack? <laughs> um, oh my God, recently I've started in quarantine making chocolate no-bake cookies, which my best friend's mom used to make when I was a kid. It's just oats and chocolate and butter and sugar melted together with peanut butter. <sighs> don't You don't bake them. You just put them in little balls. That's um, my favorite late night snack of late, and it's a problem. If I had a mustache, I would twirl it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Megan, what's your favorite? Okay, so I have adopted the Pirate's Booty Costco-sized bag and have fallen asleep with it on multiple times and woken up the next morning. (laughs) (laughs) Been there. Yep, Pirate's Booty. It's you roll uh, over and it like itches because there's kernels in your. <laughs> bag is like I've heard. Big. So uh, pirate's booty and Tate's chocolate chip cookies. That oh. somehow I don't know why it's probably they're going to need the jaws of life, bef- like to get me out on the <laughs> get there. <laughs> the boat. Both of us get in the boat. It just stops. <laughs> <laughs> what are the, people are calling it the Quarren Fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, but John, you're also, you're built for the stage family member, right? I am. Yes. Are you? I oh, am. That. Kimberly. Shout out, shout out to Bill for the stage. Yeah. That if you're a free child, it's only $8 while gyms are closed. So do that. And it's like the, it's the one thing getting me through. It's the, I don't have any sort of, I'm not that person that's like, I have my regimen where I do this and this and this, but I make sure that I do that every day. Same. And you put in that I did my flow today because I did. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, question two. Megan, your first name is Megan, like Megan the Stallion, the American (laughs) rapper, singer, and songwriter who released EPs entitled Tina Snow, Fever, and the recent Sugar. Sugar? Sugar, butter, flour. So my question (laughs) is, who are some of the most inspirational people in your life? If I specifically stipulate that these people must be fictional animated characters. I wish you could all see Megan's face right now. Uh, Who are some of the most inspirational animated characters in your life? Kevin, this is a spectacular... This is is my favorite Kevin's Corner question of all time. You really... That twist. It's definitely Disney characters. It's the first thing coming to mind. So Little Mermaid, Belle, and Mulan. Those are good ones because, like, Little Mermaid, like, fights for her own like place in the world. Exactly. Belle is smart and is okay with that. Maloon's just <laughs> <laughs> and Maloon is the best. <laughs> Maloon's just a badass. Oh God, help me! Maloon is a badass. All right, John, you. Let me ask you this though: like, there's animation in Mary Poppins, but does that count? 
Yeah. You don't. You better choose those yeah. penguins. Like a goat in the if <laughs> No, because I wanted to choose Mary Poppins because she's like Mary Poppins and Dick Van Dyke are like my two. We should be Mary Poppins and Dick Van Dyke. So wait, do you mean like Mary Poppins the character, but Dick Van Dyke the actor? Honestly, kind of. <laughs> I guess I'm being fully honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but also, Dick Van Dyke is just playing himself in that movie anyway. Yeah. Dick Van Dyke is like a human cartoon character, so that totally works out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we just did a deep dive on the Mary Poppins universe, so you're hitting a sweet spot right now. I uh, just love it. I still love it. I even love the sequel. Like, I'm, I'll go. Um, and yeah. so, well, and Cruella Deville is major. Oh. And um, the three fairies in Sleeping Beauty. Mm. <laughs> They're my favorite. I used to watch it, like, when I was, like, four or five years old, I watched Sleeping Beauty every day twice for, like, two years. Honestly, same. And my mom would set me up with a bunch of, like, empty bowls and pots and pans so I would actually cook the birthday cake with yes. them during that I could never do it. My, I would always try to do it when I was a kid. I could never do it. Wait, but Kimberly, do you have one? So I would say Mulan too. Do you mean Mulan, like just Mulan also, or Mulan too? Like <laughs> specifically <second> Mulan too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the journey that Mulan goes on is Mulan too. Yeah. Amazing. Brian, do you have one? <laughs> oh, it's Goofy and Max from a Goofy movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so oh, true, oh. too. All right, this is question three. Are you guys ready? Because it's, like, really smart. Okay. John, your name is John Riddle, which mm-hmm. sounds a whole lot like Tom Riddle, mm-hmm. the muggle real name of the supervillain Lord Voldemort from the Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. Megan, your last name is Pacerno, which begins with a P, just like Peter Pettigrew, <laughs> one of Lord Voldemort's minions in the Harry Potter series. What a coincidence. Mm, I think not. So my question is, if Harry Potter characters were quarantined at Hogwarts with characters from another fantasy TV, movie, or book series in a wild crossover episode situation, oh. what fantasy characters should they be quarantined with and what would some of the crazy things be that would happen? So you guys should decide together what fantasy, like, TV, book, or movie series should be quarantined with them. I'm, like, looking at my bookcase. I was going to say, like, what constitutes yeah. as, as, as fantasy? Like, the Game of Thrones people, the, like, Narnia people. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings people. The Hunger Games people. The... Um, like the, the boxcar children, <laughs> the boxcar children. <laughs> um, uh, like, ooh, what I, about like? Um, remember the rescuers? Mm. Oh, they and they also went down under. Nice. And they also went down under. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the no, rescuers. I cannot anymore. It's been too long. Um, <laughs> I, I like that the rescuers because then you have a whole thing because like Harry has an owl, but they're mice. Whoa. See, that's why but I think then, it's more Game of Thrones than, like, dragons are involved. The one Weasley boy is a dragon tamer. Mm-hmm. That would be helpful. Which it would be helpful. Mm-hmm. See, I stopped reading the Harry Potter at book four, and I refuse to watch the movies until I read the books. So this is well, problematic. So I don't even know what you got. I, I mean, yeah, Kimberly's right. Now is the time. No. I know. Um, I do know who, or do you remember Peter Pettigrew though? 
And obviously Tom Riddle, because that's every cashier in New York's favorite joke. Really? <laughs> every time you pay for something, they're like, oh my God, it's just like uh, Tom Riddle. Tom Riddle. Tom, you know him? I always say it's my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been Kevin's Corner. Yay! <laughs> Did we answer the question? Doesn't sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play another game before we end the episode. Sounds yeah. good. I took... A little something out of Brian's textbook. And I looked up some preschool games you can play over Zoom if you are now teaching remotely. This is wonderful. <laughs> Amazing. Awesome. I'm so in. And I found out 100 preschool trivia questions. Yes. What is like children's trivia questions? Some of these I don't think I would know if I was for. <laughs> so we'll just sort of rapid fire. These are like gifted four-year-olds. Huh? These like gifted four-year-olds. It's going to be really bad, though, is if a four-year-old would know, but a 30-year-old would be like, I'm not sure. Being <laughs> <laughs> four is different, though, nowadays, you know? Yeah, that's true. We're a lot older. <laughs> we're much simpler when we were four. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, I'm sorry, I can't answer the phone. Leave a voicemail on our voicemail machine. Like- <laughs> <laughs> okay, Megan, you can go first. In what country were the Olympic Games invented? Greece. Yeah! Yay! Would a four-year-old a four-year-old know that? It's just a four-year-old know that? It's for kids. Okay. Four-year-old? We're all a kid. Kevin. Yes. Who was the 16th president of the United States? Abraham Lincoln. Correct. Brian. A four-year-old does not know that. Yeah, there's no way a four-year-old knows that. This is a game meant to shame four-year-olds. <laughs> no, I think it's shaming the 30-year-olds. <laughs> Brian, who invented the telephone? A four-year-old would not know that. Because <laughs> be- Bell Atlantic doesn't even exist anymore, but it's Alexander Graham Bell. Because right. like, Thomas Edison was the first thing that came to mind, and I was so ashamed. I, was like, <laughs> 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 I mean, phonograph is not terribly off. Lady Gaga? <laughs> <laughs> Lady Gaga? Yeah, Gaga. <laughs> the Statue of Liberty came from which country to the United States? Oh, oh, I know, I know. Um, That would be France. That is correct. Bonjour. Yes. That would be Muzz- more of Muzzy? Megan, who painted the Mona Lisa? Um, um, oh God, Da Vinci. Yeah. DiCaprio. DiCaprio. (laughs) (laughs) DiCaprio Da Vinci. (laughs) You're like one of your French girls, yes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Kevin. Yes, oh God. What's the name of the town where the Flintstones live? Bedrock. Yes. Oh my God, I didn't know that one. I'm not sure I would have gotten that. I would not have. Brian. Yes. Which famous ocean liner sank on her first voyage in 1912? <laughs> that is, again, a DiCaprio joint. Uh, <laughs> the Titanic. Titanic. Correct. John, mm-hmm. which movie is Prince Charming from? Cinderella. Yeah. Wait, Meg- what do you call the prince from Snow White? Gary. No way. <laughs> that makes sense. That tracks. Yeah, that works. Oh, no, he's Prince Philip, right? No, that's Sleeping Beauty. That's Sleeping Beauty. Mm-hmm. Cups, cups, cups. Gary works. Cups, cups, cups. Cups, cups, cups. What is the 
Clay Prince. I'll look it up. Keep going. Well, I asked Megan, which country did Justin Bieber come from? Uh, I'm sad that I know this. Canada. Correct. <laughs> he's, he's only known as the Prince. Pl- prince Florian. Florian? Florian? Um, so there's the Prince, known as Prince Florian since the franchise started, or the rumored Prince Ferdinand, Ooh. is the secondary protagonist and the male protagonist of Snow Ferdinand. White. Ferdinand. You could never call that out in a bit of passion. No. <laughs> Ferdinand. Isn't that a bull? Isn't that a bull oh, no, movie? You couldn't, <laughs> call it out. you couldn't call it out, but like he could get it. Like he could get it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Kevin. Yes. What is the nickname for the bell in the clock of the Palace of Westminster in London? Big Ben? Yeah. Okay. Uh, His name is Ben? Big Ben. I didn't know the bell was called that. Yeah, the bell. It's not the clock. Oh, twist. Who knew? Brian. Yes. What is the name of Mickey Mouse's pet dog? Pluto. Sean, in what movie will you find characters who are looking for a brain, a heart, and courage? My all-time favorite. Wizard of Oz. He's like my favorite, The Matrix Revolution. Yeah, my <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Megan. For a reference. What movie is Princess Fiona from? Jack, I just saw it for the first time on Netflix. The first time? Oh, wait, did you watch the, the Broadway one? Musical, yeah. Nice. Had you seen like the animated film before? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. All of us were like, wait, like, where was your childhood? No. Yeah, no, I got it, I got it. <laughs> Kevin. Yes. What is the largest continent? Oh, this is... You got this, Kevin. I believe in you. Antarctica. No, Asia. Oh, right. I knew it was an A. <laughs> I still believe you. It's okay, it's okay. Thank you. You still, if you knew it was an A, you still had one third of a chance. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, what is the tallest mountain in the world? Everest? Correct. I I got afraid there for a second. I would have said Kilimanjaro just because it's fun to say. (laughs) Yeah, we could keep going through names. (laughs) Um, John, how many Great Lakes are there? Oh, I'm from the Great Lakes. I should know this. How many? There's five. Correct. Oh, thank God. What are they? Superior, Erie. Um, Holmes, Holmes. Remember Holmes. Wait, Superior, Erie. Sherlock? No, we're both, we're both from the Great Lakes area. Yes. <laughs> Why do it? Oh, Holmes, like, like Huron, Ontario. Oh, yeah. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank God. Okay. Huron, Ontario. Like I was saying, Huron, <laughs> Ontario. <laughs> Erie, Michigan, and Superior. You got all of them. Yeah, we got them. Oh, yeah. One's just called Superior. That was stressful. (laughs) (laughs) Megan, what is the imaginary line called that connects the North and the South Pole? (laughs) They get kind of hard. Should see all of our faces. (laughs) (laughs) That, like, moment of fear when you realize you don't know the answer. Yeah. Is meridian? Yeah, the prime meridian. Yeah. Brian. Oh wait, no, Kevin. Yes. What kind of tree do prunes come from? A prune tree kisses, tree? right? Is it wait, is it a can I is it a plum tree? It's a plum tree. Um Brian. Yes. 
What golf is located to the south of Florida? Kevin and I should have switched questions. I know. The Gulf of Mexico. Correct. Um, it's pro- pronounced Mexico, so you're wrong. And, sorry, sorry. Two more questions. John, what is the hardest natural substance? Adamantium. Hello. There it is. <laughs> oh, diamond. Correct. <laughs> she really gave me a visual cue to her beautiful wedding ring. <laughs> also, good job to the husband. Right? He did it himself. Okay, the last, last question, question for everyone. Whoever can say it first. Okay. Which state was the 50th to join the union? Hawaii. Hawaii. Yes. Megan okay. nailed it. The Megan wins. Yay. Yay. New York. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. This was so much fun. Um, We really appreciate it. Don't forget, once Broadway resumes, and it will, um, go see Phantom. Go see these two incredible talents bringing the sex appeal to Raul and Christine. They are, but we've seen it. They are spectacular. And, uh, you know, one thing that someone could say about their performance is that love never dies. Love never falters. Once it has spoken, love is yours. Love never fades. Love never alters. Hearts may get broken. Love endures. Hearts may get broken, but love endures. And that is our quote of the episode. I'm trying to sneak him. I'm trying to sneak him in so Kevin doesn't make fun of me. Um, he goes, we end up with a quote. And I'm like, what? We do? What? Um, but no. you can follow these two on social media, as Kimberly says. Google them. You'll find their social media. But uh, thank thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you know, this is a crazy time. We appreciate you taking the time to join us. Um, you can follow us at Broadwaysted. You can find us on things like our Patreon. You can find us at our Facebook group, and of course. Um, on uh, Spotify and iTunes. Rate and review us there. Five Five stars, stars, please. please. Thank you. Um, Thank you all both so much for joining us. You're so wonderful. Um, And uh, we end every episode with raising our glasses. We do. Our our white claws and uh, and (laughs) tumblers full of wine. Champagne. And we raise our glasses and we say Zuwapam. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye, you guys. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.